yes, everybody, the theory behind what you're doing. If you don't understand the theory, the strategy, the, the pieces and the trade-offs and the, the, the decision matrices that go into this and, and the whys and wherefores, if you don't understand that, then you can't iterate. Hello and welcome to the Black Line Podcast. Mike, long time no talk. What, have you been busy or something? It has been. Well, we've got the holidays upon, well, we've got one holiday behind us and now we've got another holiday coming up and end of year and trying to close out the books. Do you remember? Not that that really matters, but. <laughs> you remember the days when like business kind of slowed down about now when it was. Like you just kind of got to ease into the next year and chill. You remember those days? I do remember those days. I, I always used to say the only time of year that I ever wanted to take off was between Christmas and New Year's. And I would focus all of my Q4 efforts to say December 15th is the end of my year. And the reason why I took that approach is nobody wants to work between Christmas and New Year's. And it's the only time you can actually take off and not have people bothering you. Yeah, we actually are closed between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, a lot of companies do that. So we did it. We did it before it was cool. Just yeah, give give everybody some time to uh, rejuvenate themselves and get ready for the I, new year. I I shouldn't tell this with a couple of my people listening in, um, but it is actually the smartest thing that I ever did because it is so well received. Right? I mean, everybody loves it. Um, and I remember the first year I did it. So when I started Imagine, I was, I always took this week off, that week off. And when I started Imagine, I said, you know what, we're, uh, we're going to be shut that week. And you know how you're on vacation, you have a great vacation, right? You, you, you unplug, you don't connect, you don't, you don't check in, you don't do anything. So everything's great. Then you come back and it's like, a, you know, a typhoon of, of shit right that you have to deal with and everyone's been going on with their life and you got to catch up right so I'm, i still remember coming back from the first week that we were closed between christmas and new year's and i'm ready for that i'm kind of have that apprehension of coming back and the thing that was totally cool was everything was exactly how it was the day that i left there was no catching up there was no anything because everyone else was off Right. And all of our clients knew we were closed and everything else. And ever since then, I realized it's, it's actually even more relaxing than when I'm on vacation because I don't have to worry about what is happening back at the homestead. Turn off your email, turn off your phone. Hopefully get away somewhere that doesn't have good cell <laughs> service. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Alrighty. Well, I'm guessing that people who are listening are probably not all that interested in the vacation habits of Mike Donnelly and Doug Davidoff, though I, I do find that to be a very interesting topic. Um, you know, Mike, I was, I was thinking about a podcast that I probably shouldn't bring up because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up and then you're going to say something and it's going to annoy me. But uh, you remember when we talked with Steve Powell? We always come back to Steve Powell. I do. Right. And and I still, you know, I, I tell everybody this, Steve, if you're listening, thank you. I, I tell everybody, you know, the story of Barracuda, the story of, of giving venture money back and the question of, of what's the difference. And, and his answer was, well, luck. 
you know, it, it, we weren't, we weren't smarter at Barracuda. We didn't execute any better. We didn't have, you know, it was that, 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 that whole degree of luck. And you know what we do at Imagine, we're, you know, we're obsessed about outcomes, right? I, 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 I think a lot of people get, get lost at solutions. We, we obsess about outcomes. And I, I, I joke around a lot with people when, when I start working with clients because they've got their, you know, big vision statements and what they want to do. And, and I say things like, you know, it's funny. It's a funny thing about strategy because I used to think strategy is what mattered. I was strategy and ideas all the way. And I said, then I began to notice something. I began to notice that no one ever, no CEO ever went before the board and said, our strategy properly executed will lead to bankruptcy in the next three to five years. <laughs> right? Yet, <laughs> every year, there's a company that's gone bankrupt. Right? And, and so, you know, it wasn't that their strategy was bad. I rarely see bad strategy. Then I began to think, well, it's people. Good people, bad people. And you know what I realized? It's not people. Uh, you know what? I'm curious what you think about this. I look at companies that are, that are stuck and struggling and I talk to their people. And as often as not, I find the people that I talk to at those companies better than the people that I talk to at some company that's you know, being written up in Fast Company Magazine or Inc. Magazine as the next unicorn. I 100% agree. Yeah. And, and so it's not people uh, and it's not tactics because Lord knows we're all choosing from the same bag of tactics. I had someone ask me the question um, and it's not the person you're thinking about, but I had someone ask me the question, well, well, what is it that you guys do differently than somebody else? Um, and it was like, well, and, and, and they meant like literally like what tactic are we going to execute that no one else is at? And I'm like, you know what, if we did, it would only be a matter of a couple of days before someone else found out about it. And, and, you know, they'd be doing it too. We're all, we're all pulling from that same bag of, of tricks. And I know you see this in email all the time. It's, it still cracks me up. I, I talked to somebody last week who told me email's dead. So just FYI. I wanted oh, yeah. to pass that. Yeah, I, thank you. I, I thought maybe you should know that. Um, I kind of laugh when they tell me email's dead because I'm like, well, someone tell my email box that. <laughs> and And so... When you, um, when you think about it, what is the difference between, I don't even want to say success and failure, because actually I don't even mind failure that much. What's the difference between success and mediocrity? Why are so many businesses stuck in the middle when all the other, you know, all the stuff is out there, right? It's, it's all out there. What, what from your perspective is, is the difference between the ones who are cutting through it and the ones who get stuck in the middle. Well, I mean, back to what you said at the beginning, one is absolutely luck, right place, right time. But this is, I think the biggest piece is iteration. Try something new. Does it work? Does it fail? Try something new. Does it work? Does it fail? Try something new. Does it work? Does it fail? And keep just constantly iterating. And I think so many companies, it's the same thing with product innovation. You know, that, that's what happens to a lot of big companies or software companies is they've got all of this technical debt and therefore they can't iterate on their product. And therefore a new upstart comes along and just eats their lunch. So it's the same thing I think in any aspect of business is really kind of that iteration factor. So 
you know, everyone talks about that. But most Why people so- don't practice. But most people don't practice it. Why? Comfort. I know what I know. And that's the plan. Well, those are two different things, aren't they? Comfort and I know what I know. Or are they the same thing? Uh, I think they're somewhat of the same thing. How many VPs of sales have you come, have seen come from a large company that was very successful to a small, mid-sized company? They try to execute the exact same playbook because that's what they're comfortable doing. And that VP of sales is ultimately gone 18 months later. I've seen it quite a few times. Same thing with marketing leaders. Marketing leaders will go try to execute the exact same playbook that was successful for them at one place, not being successful at at their next opportunity and therefore they're not iterating and learning about, you know, what can I be doing different? The, the, the proverbial gone in 18 months. Is that a real thing from your perspective? You, you ask that question all the time. It is. 18 to 24 months seems to be the real thing, especially in the tech industry. Um, I think, I think in a subset of the tech industry, absolutely. I think in the, um, you know, I, I am back to, for, for a number of different reasons, a, a, a reminder that, you know, that the world is filled with, um, with, with companies that never got funding. Yeah. Different types of companies. Absolutely. Right. Um, and, and, and I think, by the way, I think those companies are going to come back in vogue pretty soon. And, and so, so here's the thing about that 18 month example. What, what I find there is that that's the success fail. That's not the stuck so much. Right. And, and I don't want to go into it, but you and I talk about companies all the time. And, and I, and I will guarantee you that if we, if we broke down that list of companies and we took a look at their head of marketing or their head of sales, they've been there for five years, 10 years. Now, I don't disagree that you have a lot of people that, 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 that come in new. Um, and I, and I do think that, that you're on to something that, that I've noticed. Um, and I'm even getting a little obsessed about, so that's a, uh, a, you know, dangerous point, dangerous perspective there, but I know what I know. And if, if you operate on the basis that 50%, well, let's, let's start off here. I'm not going to make a lot of people happy here. 50% of the outcome is luck. 50% or more of the outcome is luck. It is based on factors that are beyond your control. Agreed. Right. And, and for that are wondering, luck does not mean blind luck. It doesn't mean buy a lottery ticket luck. It means, you know what? If the recession hits in June instead of April of 2020, then I got news for you. Your 2019 ain't going to be as good as you got it planned right now, right? And and you don't control that factor. If if some upstart company gets brand new funding that totally disrupts what you're doing, that's going to change your outcome. You know, there's there's all these things that that that, that go into happening that um, or if Amazon you know, that, comes in your 
market and <laughs> disrupt you, you know, right there. Well, b- by the way, as a side note, I, the thing about Amazon to me is I think Amazon is just going to, is, is just eating the middle. Yep. I, I, I think it's the middle company. You know, it's that mediocre company that, that, you know, that it's in, 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 in the most dangerous. But anyway, so let, let, and I used to keep a sign above my desk. I'm sure I've said it before. Don't confuse brains with a bull market. Uh, I'll say it. I'll say it time and time again. I would rather be a bad manager in a great market than a great manager in a bad market. No question about that. And, and, you know, if you're looking at absolute results, what? I'd rather be lucky than good. If, if I could get the outcome. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. You got me on a t- we're all lucky. It's a question of what do we do in that? But <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, there, there's the aspect of, um, and and I was so I was I was reading a book um, called Thinking Fast and Slow or Thinking Slow and Fast. I think it's Thinking Fast and Slow, fascinating book. And one of the things that that the author talks about is this mental concept of what you see is all there is, right? And um, Jess is going to like this because I'm going to quote I'm going to quote Hamilton for her. Um, you know what you know. Right. And I think the reason that people don't iterate, I think people think they're iterating and they're not. I, I don't get Agreed. it. No, there, there, there is that mindset of, yeah, I'm constantly iterating. And the, the problem is, is that you can't iterate for real. You can't test if you don't know far, far, far more than the base of what you're doing, like if, 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 if my knowledge is five feet wide, then, then I can operate in a five foot box. If my knowledge is five miles wide and five miles deep, then, then I'm going to be able to operate in, in, in a lot more. And, and, and so I think the biggest issue that we're facing on the sales and marketing side is, did we talk about poker? Are we, I know we've talked about poker on this. Yeah, we've talked about yeah. Did I talk about resulting? Mm-hmm. I think we all result. I think, I think there's this massive um, basis of resulting. We, we, base our, we, we base our decisions and the quality of the decisions on the result. Um, and we spend very little time working to understand the why and the how. And, and so we just do variations of the same, of the same thing because we don't have the depth. I'm going to say a really bad word here. We don't understand the theory behind what we do. And so there's no basis from which to truly operate if, if the only thing you know is, you know, A to B to C. Now, now you've, talked, you've talked a lot about, you know, you, you've made a point that marketers need to be technologists. Yep. So, so talk a little bit about that. So I don't, I don't necessarily know if they need to be technologists, but I think having a, at least a basic understanding of the way systems and technology work 
can have a huge impact for them. And you and I were talking the other day. I mean, I'll give you, you know, for instance. So we hired Ivan, who's a member of our team, back in it's been almost a year. And we had some content at that point. We were writing content. And Ivan came in and said, hey, guys, if, if, if you really want our inbound strategy to work, we've really got to start ranking much better in, in, in search. And so Ivan, took, he, he came in, he had very little knowledge of the way search engines work. And he just dove all in, read everything he could about the way search engines worked. Just everything he possibly could. And he started writing content and he would test like, okay, if I change this around, if I change that around, does it move my position as far as ranking is concerned? And now he's literally cranking out articles that are getting the snippet view in Google. And he just published a article which has about a $100 um, pay-per-click, $100 pay-per-click. And he got in the snippet view in six weeks because he just keeps iterating. Yeah, $100 per click. And where oh, we no. used to get two to three leads, two to three inbound leads, maybe every two weeks, then it slowly became two to three inbound leads every week. Now we're getting anywhere from, you know, two to four inbound leads every single day. And we're just, you know, we're hoping to see that increase. Um, and we're building out systems behind it. Like, what do we do to, when we get that lead as a small team? We need to have systems in place that, you know, make sure that we're following up with that lead and, you know, driving awareness of our, of our, uh, of our offering. I could tell you a lead that came in last week one of the largest financial institutions in the world. They're utilizing Marketo for a massive division of it. They came in through searching for 11 email marketing best practices. We were the snippet view. They read the article, they downloaded the guide to email fatigue, which is something on our website. They then went through a drip campaign of, hey, we wanna educate you a little bit on send time optimization. The director of email marketing, yes, they have a director of email marketing and then a whole team underneath of her. She responded to one of those drip emails and said, yes, I'm, I'm actually familiar with send time optimization and we're utilizing Marketo. Can we have a discussion? Can we have a conversation? So that's the way things are starting to really transform by Ivan continuing to iterate on SEO and building those systems and systems in place to follow up with those leads. So it's kind of like that whole inbound methodology is finally starting to work for us, even though we've been at it for a long time. And the only way that we would have gotten there, if we kept doing the same thing over and over again, and Ivan didn't focus on how can I get us ranking better, we'd still on, be on page two, page three, page four of Google searches. So, so let me ask you this question. I'm curious what your, what your response is going to be knowing the conversations we've had. Why would just hiring, I, I, let, let's not talk about you, let's just another company. So I hired yep. SEO specialist who knows all that stuff, right? Um, and there are plenty of them out there. Mm -hmm. Why has that not produced results for companies? Because I don't think, well, I, I can't, ex all I can go off of is what has done for us, but it's the system. So many people are focused on acquiring leads versus what do I do once I get the lead? That's why you, you and I have talked about it. And you put it perfectly. You know, your social audience is a rented audience. 
You're, you're, you're literally renting that audience. And then once you acquire their email address, that's like owning a house. And then what do you do? You abuse the house that you actually own. And those were well, your that's words. Not what so, you that's not what you do. That's what they do. That's not what you right. do. That's not what right. I do. That's what right. But those were your words. And I thought, okay, that's actually a brilliant synopsis of what we're seeing is marketers are so, and I don't want to use the broad term marketers, but they're so focused on how can I acquire leads as fast as possible, regardless of cost. So, so what I think is hits the point. It, it, it's why small companies don't scale. All right which is there, there's a built-in discipline in your company because you are still so small. Yep. That, that Ivan got the technical knowledge, um, but that technical knowledge was guided very, very heavily by a whole lot of theory and strategy behind what the acquisition process was, what the plumbing was, so that like SEO will plug in so let, let, let me give you another example. Right? But it, it, it wasn't just plug and play. He was constantly no. working no, those articles, iterating on them to make sure that we were. And then the next thing you know, we start ranking. He published another article. We rank for that. You know, so he's building up that domain. But, but, but don't get me wrong, right? Because right now you sound like every advertisement for inbound marketing that says, oh, well, you learn this and now you just iterate and you do this. And yeah, right, yeah, now right. the largest financial institution in the world just calls you up and you're you know, inbound leads costs, you know, half as much and generate three times the volume of blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and so let, like, let me tell your story is absolutely a story of, of SEO. Now, now one day it might not be, but right now it yep. is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working with another client and they're going ape shit about their SEO. And so I finally said to them, I'm like, why do you care about search? Your market is only so big. Now, there are now certainly instances there. Hold on. I almost got fired. Person basically, Doug, I don't. What are you talking about? I hired you because well, this is actually somebody who got recommended to us from HubSpot. Right? So I hired you because you're an expert in inbound marketing. If you read anything about inbound marketing, it'll tell you, sir. And I said, right, right, right. I said, you have 15. Now, now, by the way, understand their search traffic's not bad. It's just not great. Okay. I said, there are 1,500 companies that can buy from you. 1,500. And, and, and by the way, we know who every one of those companies are. And for less than 40 cents a name, I can find every key player in those companies. All right. And, and, so let, let's take a look at our search, right? Let's take a look at our search. Let, let's look at what our, what, what's ranking top for search, right? And, it, it, you know, I, I'm not going to go into too much detail because they might be listening and I don't want them to feel bad, but it's, you know, interesting topic that, that almost has nothing to do with their core market, right? And, and, and certainly if you look at the volume of traffic, I mean, they, they've got one topic that's gotten like 10,000 visits, uh, you know, for that, for that to be appropriate, that, you know, that would mean every one of their target companies would have to visit them six times, right? This, this one posed six times, right? And it's like, look, the, the problem when you're thinking search, 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 right? And, and, and you go on Twitter and you hear this stuff and it's like, 
How much of your traffic is coming from search? Are you getting two thirds to 80% of your traffic from search? And I'm like, and I'm telling him, by the way, this guy quoted that to me. He threw that, he threw that at me. And I said to him, I'm like, if you get 80% of your traffic from search, you're in trouble, right? Because that traffic's not coming from those 1,500 companies. Right, right? It, and, it, and, absolutely. Right. The, the question here is, why are we doing that, right? Where does it plug into the plumbing? What are we trying to do? Let's take a look at our referral traffic. Our referral traffic is up. No, not up anywhere near as much as, you know, all the, all, all, all the shows that you see. But if you take a look at the sources of referral traffic, industry, industry resource, industry resource, industry resource, complementary knowledge, um, um, thought leader, complementary thought leader, or like, like five of their top 10 referral sources are either industry publications or complementary thought, thought leaders, right? Social up 300% with, with conversion rate which by the way, I think conversion rate is overrated at, at like a 4% conversion rate on just organic social. I, I, I didn't tell him, I don't know how the hell we did that, but <laughs> I know, but Sammy does, Sammy's got it. Sammy and Drew, they have it. They have that down, but I have no idea how we did. Right. And, and it's like, let's, let's look at this. Oh, by the way, let's take a look at, you know, how many contacts do we have in each company that have touched something, right? Where, where it used to be, you know, we averaged 1.1, we're now at about 1.7, right? That's the plumbing. That's the, what I, I, I call the solutions architecture for, for what's happening, right? And, and the thing that's difficult, you know, by, by the time we were done with the conversation, my client said to me, he said, Doug, no one has ever talked about these things before. No one is, is saying these things. No one is, is writing these things. Um, and, and, and he said to me, he said, candidly, it all made sense to him. His only concern was if it made as much sense as it appeared to him, then why wouldn't that be the, the dominant content that's out there? And I said, well, cause it's not as sexy as, um, you know, search or, or, or whatever. And, you know, and, and, and the, actually the big problem is, you know, it's not a one size fits all approach. I, well, I think that's kind of where you're going with this. It is, it, I was more, I, I was using that as purely as an example, but for some, some companies search shouldn't really be part of their strategy at all. Just like social shouldn't really be part of their strategy at all. We had a company, their marketer was like, we got to do social. We got to do social. We got to do social. They were yelling at us. Why are not we doing more social? I finally said, look, send me 20 dream clients. Give me, give me the names of 20 key people at, at companies that you desperately want to work with. Um, two of the 20 had more than 200 connections on LinkedIn and more than half of them either didn't have a profile on LinkedIn or had like under 50. I think four had a Twitter profile. One was semi-active on like, Hey, yeah. if you want us to spend time where nobody is, then, you know, then we can do that. Right. And, and we see this now, you know, we see this with technology right? Everyone's buying more tech, more tech, more tech, more tech. I mean, I'll tell you, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how much, I know you used to look at it. I don't know if you do as much. Um, I, well, hell, I remember the days when, when it was unusual that they actually had a marketing automation platform. Now I'm, I'm like, Oh wow. They don't even have a marketing automation platform, but now they have marketing automation and they have chat and they have um, video and they have, I mean, the, the, 
the tech stack that we're seeing just on the websites have, have mushroom. Yep. But then we go in and, and, and no one's using it or, or certainly they're not using it correctly. Right. And that, that's where it all comes into that, that, you know, understanding that architecture. I was actually, I was talking with, with um, hopefully someone is going to become a full client um, maybe after this call. And, and he was saying to me, he's like, you know, Doug, we got, he's like, I'm good. We got buy-in. We're good. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know you have buy-in. I said, but here's what's going to happen. Three months from now, it's not going to be as easy as you think it is. And all the people who are all excited about the vision that's been laid out aren't going to want to listen to the detail or, or, you know, or this or that because we presented it as this super duper easy thing. Silver bullet. I, I got, I got referred to a customer who um, I, I, I put the numbers together. They're, they're, they're basically a startup. They've got like 10 customers right now. They want to be at 150 next year. Right. I laid out what the numbers were, which basically said, look guys, there's slim, you know, the, the chances here are slim and none slim left town and none is on his deathbed. Um, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, the first quarter, we only need five. It's only five, like five a month. It's only five. And I'm like, and then he said, you know, it's only 5% of the market that we need to get. I'm like, I said, I said, I understand. I understand the number. Like it's only five. Remember when you said that? Right? Yep. We only need five, right? Then all of a sudden you realize five is really fucking hard. Let alone if you're going to get five and then five and then five and then 15 and 15, right? And then you got to support them on the back end and you know things are going to, hey, you know. Customer acquisition, all that other stuff doesn't. Yeah, matter. yeah. But, but that, that, you know, and, you know, there are, they're buying marketing automation. They're buying this. I just saw they're hiring four people. They don't have a clue what the architecture underneath everything is. And so, I mean, you can see it, right? They're going to, they're going to throw shit at stuff. If the economy is really good and really hot next year, then they'll, they'll get just enough forward momentum to be frustrated. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what, what Warren Buffett said, you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. Um, my favorite is Tom Friedman. who says, if you jump off of an 80-story building, you can, you can convince yourself you're flying for the next 79, you know, for the first 79 stories. And, and so the question, you know, we, so we talk about iteration. We talk about all, all of those things. And everyone, like, no one debates that anymore. That's the right thing to do. Yet, Yet nobody is spending the time that they need to spend to understand, yes, everybody, the theory behind what you're doing. If you don't understand the theory, the strategy, the, the pieces and the trade-offs and the, the, the decision matrices that go into this and, and the whys and wherefores, if you don't understand that, then you can't iterate. Yep. And, and if you can't iterate, then, then you're just going to get bowled over. So rather than just kind of stating the problem, what's your advice to people that are listening? What do they do about it? What, what are these small and mid-market businesses that are not prepared for what's coming down the path 18 months from now? What, what's your advice to them to, to 
to get that knowledge? How do you do that while at the same time you got a business to run or you got a job yeah. to do? So I think you, you made an excellent point, which is pick, a ch pick one channel that can drive repeatable, low-cost growth or try to find one and iterate on that and just keep iterating on it. Because we're all we all have so many resources, so much money. We we we've got to lay our chips in in some area or another. So for that customer that you were talking about that has fifteen hundred addressable, you know, or a market of fifteen hundred addressable companies, figure out how you. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's instead of doing SEO and instead of doing social, we're going to focus on incredible personalized email and phone outreach. And just keep iterating what's working, what's not working, what's working, what's not well, how, working. But, but how do you, I mean, so, so how do you develop the knowledge base so that you can iterate? Because we, we already agreed, if you don't have because the knowledge you've got base. Because you've got to figure out what your addressable, I think you, that's the first step is you've got to figure out what your, what your potential addressable market is. And then where, does that, where is that addressable market living? And I think we're constantly, we, we struggle with that ourselves. We're constantly trying to iterate on that of like, who's our ideal customer profile? So that we can focus our efforts on weeding them in, weeding them out very, very quickly. Okay, hold on, hold on a second. Ideal, ideal client profile, addressable market. What are we talking about? So addressable market is okay. So we. Oh, I work know. With, I know what it is. I, I know what it is. Well, addressable well, market is. Addressable market is market size. How how big is yeah. the market? What right? Um, so. So, so yes, you got to have your ideal client profile. You got to have, you got to have, you got to have an understanding of who your personas are. But let me ask you a question. Does, do you think about your, 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 your total addressable market? If I was out raising money, I would, but right now I don't. Why would you think about it if you were out raising money? Because that's what the VCs want to know. Correct. Correct. If, if you don't have they a funder that's out, asking you about big the opportunity is how big the potential opportunity is you, for whatever you're doing you, you want to know what my favorite story about total addressable market is hmm. you know david cummings pardot yeah um do you know he was not able to raise money i did not know that do you know why because you didn't know what his total addressable market was no the fun the funders said the market's not big enough. Hmm. The marketing automation market is not is big not, enough. Right. Right. Now, go back to to when when um when Pardot started, right? And yeah, there was no addressable market. I mean, you're you're it's like, oh, so you're like constant contact on steroids. Yeah, you're how, building something new. You're building a new market. That? Yeah. Right, how big can that? Because you know what I spend no time thinking about for Imagine? I spend no time thinking about total addressable market. Yeah, again, I, I, don't, I don't either. Um, and, I, think, I think time is better well spent trying to figure out who that ideal client So I'm going to zag. I'm going to zag here. I'm going somewhere I didn't think I was going to go. You always I don't do. think. I don't think that it's being a technologist. I think that's second. I don't think it's understanding the technical. I think that's second. 
I don't I don't disagree. I think understanding who the customer is. I don't even think that. That's second. I think you got to understand business. Because you know what I was going to say? You know what the first thing? You know what the, well, it's not obvious because what's the number one thing lacking in business? Business acumen. Yeah. What's the problem with marketers and salespeople? They don't have business acumen. You know, back when we did sales coaching, we, what we talked about all the time is don't be a salesperson. Be a business person who sells. Have business conversations. Because like, I don't think it's, as, as we're talking about this, I don't think the problem is that, that, that they're too myopic. I think that they don't understand how, what, what the, I think marketers are, marketers and, and sales, exec, the growth side executives are, are cardiovascular physicians who don't understand the cardiovascular system. See, this is the thing that's interesting. If I want to be a cardiovascular physician, do you know what I have to do? Go to, go to school for a long time. and I have to learn everything. Yeah, about the cardiovascular system. And, and, and when they, and when you, like, when you put that first IV in, do you know what, do you know what type of entity you put that in? In a cadaver. They have you work on dead people first. Like, that's what we should do. We should put, you know, everyone's internship should be working on a business, on a dead business. <laughs> right? Do you know how? So, so as a physician, like, if you're a physician, you've got to study anatomy. You've got to understand how all these things work. And, and you might be, you know, you might be a cardiovascular physician, but you still have to understand how the brain works, right? And, and if you're an accountant, you got to understand all the crazy shit that accountants understand. Cost accounting. How the IRS this. works. All, but that comes back to being a bit of a technologist of you have to understand how the systems work. Well, no, but, but what I'm saying is, but if you don't understand how the entity works. Right, right, right. Yeah, correct. And what Right. You have to start with the entity. Right. That's, that's absolutely. So, so, so you don't know, like if you don't understand how to, how our, how our customers born, then you don't know if SEO or this or that works. You don't know yeah, when to. I, absolutely. So, so okay. you know what I think everyone should do? If you, if you got anybody listening, if you haven't done it, you know what you should do? You should download the last 10 annual letters from Warren Buffett and you should read them and listen to how he talks about business. Listen to how he looks at business. You should get the book business model generation and learn how to put a business. We just actually had everybody in the company do that. They had to pick a client or their favorite company and, and actually map out their business model. Let's understand how business works. Let's understand, you know, map out. The first thing you should do is map out your customer acquisition strategy. How do you create customers? I just interviewed uh, we're doing an assessment for a company. So we've interviewed like five or six salespeople from there. And we're like, so how do you guys get busy? Oh, well, you know, I do this and then we talk. And then, I mean, it's just uh, like they have no clue of, of what's, you know, where are the inputs? Where are the bottlenecks? You know, where do those things happen? That's what solutions architecture is about. If, if you don't have a map of, of your customer acquisition process, then I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. If you don't have a map of your customer acquisition process, hey, hey everybody in the Imagine team, let's make sure we put some maps together real fast. Um, it, if you don't have a map of your customer acquisition process, then you can't iterate. 
Because what are you iterating? I, I agreed. Right. And that, that I would say, so before we, that was a big undertaking for us over the past three months. And, you know, again, we're small team. I can use that excuse all the time. We're just consistently iterating, but it, it, it really was the wild, wild west. And then all of a sudden Ivan starts getting into HubSpot CRM, trying to figure out where all these leads are coming from. And he's like, Mike, this thing is a complete shit show. Like we can't, we can't do anything until we clean this up. I said, well, no, 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 I don't, I don't have time to clean it up. I don't want to clean it up. And he's like, well, then how are we going to measure whether or not what we're doing is being effective? Instead of you just taking it as the wild, wild west and doing whatever the hell you want in CRM, we've got to start following some processes. I'm not going to make your life easier because we can automate 98% of it. It's going to be painful for a month, a month and a half. We're a month and a half later. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, we've got great reporting. So it's allowing us to iterate more, uh, change to certain things that we thought were working that weren't, that weren't working. Um, so it's all starting to come together and there's some momentum behind it. But I agree with you, not having, if you don't know how you're acquiring customers, then uh, it is, it, it, it continue to be the wild, wild west. But, but, you know, it's rare for someone to truly have a map that lays out what the flow of, 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 where they come from, what they get, what, what the real dynamic yeah, process is. I agree, but it, it, there is, there is chaos in, I mean, we've talked about this before. There is chaos in the, in the buyer's journey or the customer acquisition process, but at, at a high level, you can at least map that and figure out where are your bottlenecks within that, within that. Yeah. Buyer's journey. Well, well, I mean, the, 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 the map is never like a map of how do I get from my house to your house? Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like one of those Star Wars maps where the di dimensions are constantly, or Star Trek maps, where the dimensions are yeah. constantly changing and things flip on each other. And so, I mean, it, it really is a pioneer's map, right? If, you, if we go back to the days of Ponce de Leon. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, so I remember the days when someone said, if your goals aren't in writing, you don't have goals. And, and someone said, you know, plan your work, work your plan. And if your plan's not in writing, you don't have a plan. All right. I told someone the other day, like, I know who my buyer is. I'm like, yeah, I know you do intuitively, but if they're, but if it's not written down, you don't know who they are because things are constantly changing. And if, if you don't have that map, then you don't have one source of the truth. And if you don't have one source of the truth, the moment you grow beyond one person having any responsibility for something, you're going to have, you're, you're going to reap more and more and more chaos. You're, you're never going to, you're never going to have an actual real map of, but, but without having that, then you're basically just guessing. Yep. And, and then you don't know, like you and I talk about AB tests all the time. And, and I'm going to tell you this, if you don't have like, a million visits a day. Okay, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, but if you don't have a million visits a day, why are you wasting time A/B testing? And, and, Agreed. And, and here's what I mean by that, right? To truly do well, a in a lot of cases, you look at A/B tests and it's like, honestly, what difference does it? What difference does a half a percent response rate mean? You know. Anyway, sorry, I'm on a going to go off on another hour long podcast uh, tangent there. But the, you know, if, if I do something today and I test something out next week, well, the environment, you know, the, it's the changed. news. 
the news, the politics, the the weather, the that's why you cannot. And I, I talk about that all the time. You cannot compare what happened like an email. Oh, well, we're sending to the same list this week versus last week versus the month before. There's different content. There's different world politics. There's different moods. There's different, you know, it's there's so many different variables that I, I yes, we could go on this for an hour around. So, ABT. so, so the problem is everyone is trying to optimize when they don't even have a map yet. Right. When it, very, very accurate. If you're HubSpot, you need to optimize. If you're Amazon, you need to optimize because you're already performing at an unbelievably high level, right? You know what I need? You know what I need to do tomorrow? Do you know what my goal tomorrow is? Uh, no. I just want to suck less tomorrow. I, I don't even need to be good tomorrow. I just need to suck a little bit less. Right? Um, so I've got there's, so there's, much room between where I am and optimization. I just need to get better. Yeah. So I, yesterday I wasn't feeling very well. So I had a long day, went to bed early. Right before I went to bed, I said to my wife, I said, gosh, she, today was just horrible. Yeah. I didn't like, yeah. I, I, didn't, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get anything done. I, I didn't get half of what I wanted to get done today. And then when I woke up this morning, I pretty much told myself what you just said, just don't suck as bad as you sucked yesterday. Get some more you stuff know, done. And it, it, it's the proverbial, we're rearranging, we're spending so much time rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yep. Right? That, that we're not even heading in the right direction with the right allocation and the right model. Right? That, and, and, and we're trying to make these advanced calculations because they look really good on, on visualized charts. Um, and, and I think that if we spent a little bit more time understanding first principles, a little bit more time mapping, a little bit more time thinking about the plumbing, designing, you know, somebody in the organization, here, here's going to, this is going to be my parting advice. If you're an executive, you need to do this because the growth of your organization is dependent upon it. If you're not an executive and you feel like, Hey, I don't have any authority or power. You want to get promoted. You want to be viewed differently. You do this. Map it out. Map out your customer acquisition process or your customer success process or, or, or whatever part of the business that you're in. Map that out and go to your boss and ideally your boss's boss if, if you have one and say, hey, I've been thinking about this. I wanted to share and get your perspective because um, if I can understand this, I really think we can, um, I'll be able to do my job better. I'll be able to drive you know, much, much better result, right? If you do that, I guarantee you 2019 is going to be easier than 2018. Yep. You're going to learn 10 times more. You're going to be in a position whether, whether the market turns or not um, to, you know, to maintain strength. Um, and so whether you call it a technologist, business acumen, solutions architecture, whatever the case may be, Spend a little bit more time understanding the how. You know what? I'm sorry. And here's one more time. Said parting advice, right? Everyone knows it's like the third parting advice. You know, Simon Sinek made start with why. And everyone talks about the why and the what. 
right? But what people miss is the how. Spend more time. Like if you're in the role, the how, that's your value, right? Understand the how. The more you know about the how, the stronger you're going to be. And you make an interesting point of go to your boss and your boss's boss. One piece of parting advice is if your boss or your boss's boss looks at, looks at you like you're crazy, get your resume together and go bring that plan to, to another company. Send it to go, me. Go get that. Send it to me too. And I'll make sure that my friends in the industry that are, are willing to listen, get a hold of it. But if you bring that plan with you, you will be so just so far above other candidates that are out there. I'll tell you what, you're interviewing for a job. My son's getting ready to graduate college. I just spoke to their you interview for a job. Walk into the walk in and say, hey, you know, here's what I understand. Here's a map of, of customer acquisition as I understand it. How does your business compare to this, to this map? I'll tell you what, you'll be the only person in the interview process that does that. Did ask that question. Alrighty. Well, until next time, that's our, uh, that's our story for today. Focus on the how, map it out. And uh, when you have that, you'll be able to iterate a whole lot better, a whole lot faster. And I guess we got another, I think, I think our team has a schedule to do podcasts now. So we'll be uh, picking back up on the consistency. I know we've got some exciting guests that we're working on. And uh, if anyone has any requests on topics or ideas, please don't hesitate to reach out to us and let us know because we're happy to do your topic or we're happy to get on the podcast and just talk about whatever comes to mind. Good times.